That's right. It's Nathan and Colin coming to you live from the Marshall Center at WBUL. Not bad. Pretty good intro. Right? Look at that. Man, I'm a professional now. So I had to be on the other side of the studio hitting the record button because we're the only two here, and Tyler Davey had to go to class, who's the guy who normally knows how to do this stuff. And our podcast producer, Anthony, is teaching a class right now here on this beloved campus. Look at him. I know. Look, he, as, he, as he texted me, I am, quote, hold on, let me get this right, can't teaching the future bulls of tomorrow, unfortunately, uh, blah, 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 blah. He'll edit master and get this up later today. So it will be done later today, and we'll Woo-hoo. have all sorts of pretty music and stuff that we can't oh, even yeah. hear right now. I'm excited for it. Are you? Ah, thrilled. Let's do this. All so right. um, the, our podcast started better than our football team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. That that didn't start well, but um, the panic was kind of fun to watch, just to watch. It was fans. it was nice to see. I was you know I was running the TDS Twitter account and just the vitriol that yes. Coach Charlie Strong and Sterling Gilbert were receiving after seven and a half minutes of <laughs> football um, was astonishing. And you know what? It was special teams' fault. All right, let's. Bluntly, special Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. Awful. Right. One of the defense actually played pretty well. They did. <laughs> they were set up. I mean, they had, what, a block punt. They were set up at USF 6. Mm-hmm. And then another short field because a uh, large adult punter had a 18-yard punt. Which later in the game, San Jose State's punter said, hold my beer, <laughs> and had a 16-yard punt. <laughs> so, I mean, it, special teams was an adventure first game of the season. And I think the biggest miss of... Game one was Alex Ovalto. He graduated. He was not there to long snap. I think I haven't watched the game back, but I think the snaps were a little slower. I I felt a little uneasy on a couple extra points that, you know, they could have been blocked. I think it was a quite slow. They were coming off the edge pretty quickly. So we'll see if they can get that fixed. It's a, you know, walk on as uh, the long snapper. Let's see if that stays put or if things change. Yeah, kind of surprised. That's the tough that's stuff that's hard to see from the press box. Can't see snaps. Can't see all that. That's actually a little better when you're watching on TV. There mm-hmm. are some things you pick up that are better at a game and some that aren't. So. Yeah, um, sure. But we could certainly see that the special teams were not special. And, you know, as soon as you first play, your first play under a brand-new coach and, and Nadelman kicks it, just shanks it right out of bounds. It's like, oh, come oh, on, man. What Seriously. a great start. Yeah, that was kind of an omen. So – I've been thinking about this for less because I, I put a thing on my own personal Facebook page about how USF fans were melting down and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I, I wrote about it in my little sort of summary piece that I wrote in two parts, one at a hotel while our photographer Armando was snoring. Like Armando <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't know if I can split a hotel room with Armando anymore because he just snores like, my God, it's like just sawing wood for hours on end. Him. Does it make you miss Birmingham and sharing the same bed? <laughs> In all of it? Yeah, kind of. So I don't know if Armando and I are splitting hotels anymore. So I was just, I just popped open my laptop and started writing, and then I wrote, I finished it the next morning. But I think we have, you know, Jamie and I have been doing this for seven years, and we I worked there for five. So I, you know, I, I've been sort of analytically inclined to this team for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I forget that we're, We've got fans out there who, you know, react in perfectly, maybe not rational, but perfectly understandable emotional ways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think sometimes that I just sort of backlash to that because I'm always like, come on, guys, look at the big picture. See the wider blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And maybe asking everybody else to sort of see what we see when we're there at practice and we, you know, we talk to coaches and everything like that is, you know, maybe we're asking just a little too much because we follow the program so closely. But it, it's still, even having said that, like – Seven and a half minutes in, you want to fire a coach in an offensive court, and you're like, oh, we're going to be terrible. This is, you know, Charlie Strong doesn't know what he's doing and blah, blah, blah. Dude, like, he's won big games before. He's had good offenses before. Like, it'll be okay, you know, and I just – It's frustrating. I, I I, have, in the hindsight of, like, a couple hours, I've started to understand it a little bit better. But, um, yeah, frustrating. It was, you know, again, just a lot of fun seeing everyone melt down and then – um, I think our Slack channel probably had the biggest person that was melting down. Carl. Yes, and that's why he's My not goodness. allowed to write about football. Yeah. <laughs> My Atlanta. He. We had to go to everyone but Carl. We have. We have. Okay, so if you don't know, we have a Slack channel that is for our staff, but we have an all staff channel that we're basically in all of us 24 7. We talk about wrestling and soccer mm-hmm. and everything else under the sun in there, and it's like a huge. It's like just a huge message, like a just a board basically where we just. You know, talk all that. But we also have a room that is literally called Everyone But Carl. And the reason we have the Everyone But Carl room is because sometimes we just we – We need a break. We need a break we, from Carl. Sometimes we need a break. And He's a great guy. We love him. We sometimes love you just him. need a break from him. But sometimes we, we just can't take it anymore. And so we we actually did downshift into the Everyone But Carl room <laughs> during the game. <laughs> literally seven and a half minutes into the game. We were done. We were done with him. So – I have a I have a take before we begin the football. So last year or two years ago, I think I've actually done this more than once. I have come on this podcast in this studio and just ripped the University of South Florida for having a quote Starbucks on campus end quote that does not accept my my app to pay for my Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Starbucks points right now. I think I'm sitting on like three or four free Starbucks drinks or whatever. Okay, I have a very large Starbucks go through okay and so i have come on here and bitched about that before so today i go to get subway all right over here at the marsh center Mm -hmm. and i get the and i haven't had subway in i don't know probably maybe even a year it's been a long time since i've had subway but like the lines for everything else were ridiculous and i was just like i know a meatball i've had the meatball sub it's good i lived on them in college it's fine i go get my subway i get some chips and I get a drink. Well, I know that the Subway, when you get chips and a drink, there's a combo. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I go, chips, drink, and girl charges me for all of them individually. And I was like, isn't there some sort of combo deal? She goes, oh, that's for the smaller drink. I, of course, get the large because I'm fat. Diet Coke, though. Coke Zero. Oh, yeah. Um, And she goes, okay, well, oh, you – yeah, that's only for the smaller drink, but I'll give it to you this time anyway. So, because I was literally unaware, and she went out of her way to do that, Marshall Center Catering, Look thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I I take back most of the things I've said about you're not accepting Starbucks for free. Um, but that was, like, good customer service, and uh, I appreciated that. So I wanted to say something positive about the food here in the Marshall Center, considering that I have ripped them. I've, I think I, like, burned the building down last time that they wouldn't take my Starbucks card. So... What do we got here? We got re. Let's just re. Jump into it and recap San Jose State. Well, the tacos were delicious. 
Yeah. I found some barbacoa tacos at this place called Taco Annex, which is like in one of those food stall deals where there's a pizza joint, there's a coffee joint, there's a bar, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's all in like one thing. So I got these barbacoa tacos, and my God, they were amazing. Like, you just forget. I, I've spent enough time on the West Coast. Like, I lived out there for a little while. I lived in Las Vegas for a little while. The food, it, it's really good, and especially if you like Mexican. It's just, you know, the tacos are fantastic. My favorite taco place is a place in San Diego called Puesto, but this place is close. So I had amazing tacos. I had only one hot dog wrapped in bacon, which is sort of a California thing, and I don't understand why it's not a national thing. That seems really good. I I would have a few. Yeah, I mean, and they come by, and it's five bucks, and they they have a a plate of, like, jalapeno, or it's, it's jalapenos and onions all on the grill. It's just like a rolling gas grill with just a flat top. And they have, you know, and just big hot dogs wrapped in bacon. The hot dogs usually eh, aren't great, but my mistake that I made was I didn't get them well done. You have to have this overcooked because it is like raw hot dog out there on a grill. And you want the bacon. Until the bacon is crispy, do not eat because if the bacon is not totally crispy, that means the hot dog may not all the way be done. Mm -hmm. So I did have one of those. It wasn't great. Usually those are better. What else did I have? I went to a place called My Milkshake. Where they you build your own milkshake? They ask you what kind of milk you want. Do you want almond milk? Do you want coffee milk? Do you want regular milk? Do you want what kind of ice cream you want? So I had that. It's okay. It was good. But the <laughs> tacos, again, fantastic and transcendent. Like, you know, that's the most important thing. Where Where was this? Was this in San Francisco or where you? Did uh, no, you just I stay? never. I never got to San Francisco because okay. I had such a terrible travel day on Friday. I was just like, I'm not dealing with this. I was stuck in an airport. For, I was stuck in the Vegas airport actually forever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, screw it. So once I got in, I was just like. I'm just going to bed. So I never did get to San Francisco, which um, I've been to several times in my old job. I used to go four times a year. So I didn't go. But San Jose, San Jose is like, uh, I, I made the analogy, it's like downtown St. Pete. It's very clean. It's very nice. But it doesn't have the soul. And they roll up the sidewalks at like 10 o'clock. Like there's nothing. Like it just shuts down 10 p.m. on a Friday night and there's nothing to do. Yikes. Now there's like one str- there's like one street that like stays open. Um, but otherwise nothing and and the california liquor laws i don't think help either because i i don't i think they close at one in san jose but it's two o'clock in california you can't keep a bar open in california past 2 a.m it changes some things it does yeah um so yeah we got in friday i didn't get to like practice or walk through anything team got in thursday practice at a high school mm-hmm. uh that seemed to really help they you know that's what bigger programs do and that's the stuff that that's the kind of commitment that usf's going to need to make in the future uh, I've heard some challenges about the new charter plane. They've got a new charter provider this year, yeah. and that the new plane isn't quite as comfortable, big. Um, it looked a little cramped <clears throat> from well, the pictures I saw from different players, you know, Instagrams and Twitters, and you know, you know, it looked like the important players got first class seats, and then yeah. everyone else got stuck in coach. It'll as, happen as it should. So yeah, no problems with that. Put the put the freshies that aren't going to play in the back of the bus. That's fine. Uh, and, and honestly, like our. You know, what's our biggest flight? Like, middle of the country? Like, what, an hour and a half, two hours probably? Yeah. You know, so except for this one where it's, you know, five hours into the wind into the death stream, it probably won't be a, a problem in the future. Mm-hmm. I guess UConn would probably be our next, like, two and a half probably to UConn. Two, two and a half, something like that. It's two to Philly, so. Yeah. So um, everyone else is, you know, North Carolina or, you know, yeah. Louisiana. Close enough. And you're, yep. you know, that, that, so that won't be a problem. So got there. Got down on the field, went to the pregame tailgate, okay. which was much better attended than I thought. The Alumni Association, they, you know, they're booking these things like, 
as best as they possibly can. So they get there, and they've got a tent, and they got, like, all of these round-top tables, and all of the round-top tables are under the tent, and then they've got, like, cocktail tables on the outside. So it just made it tough because people couldn't walk in the shade of the tent. But, like, when the Alumni Association books it, they're just sort of, like, telling them, and then they get there, and it's just sort of like, all yeah, right, well. This is how it's going to be set up. This is how it's going to be set up. So I think – and then, of course, they didn't have any cold beer. They had beer, but they did not have cold beer because San Jose State did not provide ice. <laughs> Oh, man. That's so that was an issue. So you know what they did? Adventure. God bless them. They went out, bought bags of ice. I don't know where the ice came from. I saw Bill McCausland, president of the Alumni Association, out there at bar backing, like literally like behind the <laughs> bar pulling bags of ice. But they gave all the beer away. They were going to do a cash bar, and they're like, you know what? This beer is warm. People have had to suffer without it long enough. And they ended up doing free beer. That's good for them. Judy got up there, said – and actually my number one tweet had nothing to do with football from the weekend – it had to do with USF statistics from Judy Genshaft, which were 51,000 students at USF this semester, fall semester, which is a, the record, is also, that for the freshmen, the highest GPA and SAT in school history for the incoming class. And USF is now the second toughest school in the state of Florida for acceptance as a freshman. So Florida State got beat. So Suck it. Suck it, FSU. And I think that just sort of continues a trend where in a lot of different categories, USF is catching up to FSU. They're, now, we're still way behind UF in a lot of different places, uh, but we are absolutely catching up to FSU academically in a lot of different ways. So that was good. And so she was out there. People seemed excited. If you like, they had. If you were a, a Bulls fan or an alumni anywhere on the West Coast, you were there. Like we had people from Seattle, Portland, uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Like and I, I just met a whole bunch of different people. So it was sort of like, well, if they're coming this far, we're going to make the the final end trip. And so a lot of people came. Um, they had a nice turnout. And then we go into the game. We walk in early because you just want to be there and and see it. And then you get down on the field and it's just baking. It's yeah. Florida hot. And the new the new pellets, um, brand new field, new turf, new tire pellets, and you could just tell like that was part of it. It wasn't just that it was hot out. It mm-hmm. was also that there was some sort of, I don't know if the, the pellets have to like settle or just burn out or something like yeah. that. Like, you know, the maybe the ones on top have to like have some of the initial rubber like just bake off or whatever. But it yeah. was just smoking hot. I, know, I noticed that at uh, the CSU game as well, there just seemed to be more pellets than necessary. So maybe it's a new stadium type of thing where it does have to burn off or settle or something. Yeah, you got to play. You just got to play on it, I guess. So yeah, the 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 field was super duper hot. We could tell it was going to be an issue, and then seeing players sliding all over the mm-hmm. place. Not just, I mean, more USF than than them, but both teams were sliding. Yeah, uh, I, I distinctly remember on one long pass. I think it was in the first quarter from Josh Love to Justin Holmes for San Jose State. Ronnie Hoggins slips mm-hmm. and he gets behind him, and I think it was like a twenty five thirty yard catch down the field because Ronnie slipped. Right, and I was like, "Oh, this is probably going to be a problem." For yeah, I was I was on the far side of the field from us. I remember that play, and then there was another one where, um, Mazzy Wilkins fell down too, mm-hmm. or he got he got turned around and he fell. Um, so yeah, guys just sliding all over the place. Quinton looked like on one play that he's he was dropping back to pass and he tried to plant his foot and just like yep. gave out from under him. So uh, I don't know what you can do about that. Just deal with it and deal with it and move on. Yeah, thank God we don't play them again. All right, so then we footballed. Um, 
that didn't start well. It did not. Um, here are we get during each quarter when we're in the press box, we get a stat sheet. And this was USF stats after one quarter. And by the way, at the end of this quarter, they started driving the football. So, uh, but at the end of the quarter, they had 19 total offensive plays, 17 of which were runs for 22 total yards. They were 0 of 2 completing the football passing. Um, they had five punts for an average of 28.2 yards. A big, large adult punter getting over 40 yards per in this game. Mm-hmm. After that 18-yard shankopotamus. Something. Pretty good. Plus, does the block count? Block doesn't count. It's a team punt. Okay. That's a team punt. So that's a, I, I had that same question, actually. I didn't know the rule. and uh, But if you're blocked, they don't necessarily charge it to the putter because it could be a protection breakdown. So okay. it's charged as a team punt. We also had four penalties for 22 total yards. We had most of the ball. We had the ball for eight minutes and 52 mm-hmm. seconds, and we were one of six on third down. So that that's not good. No, and then the re- the last three quarters of the game were, you know, as dominant as, you know, especially the second, second and third quarter. quarter. Yeah. Second quarter was very good. Yeah, second uh, second quarter. I think we had 270 yards in the. I want to say 272. Yeah, 270, 271. 271 yards okay. in the uh, second quarter. Um, we ran 21 plays. Or we, we rushed the ball 21 times for 152 yards. That's a little bit better. And then, of course, we completed. Uh, six of eleven. So, and picked up a ton of yards through the yep. air, hundred nineteen through the air. So, like the ninth time USF has scored twenty eight points in a quarter, they've never scored more than twenty eight. Not weird. It's kind of a little strange. That's a lot of times. <laughs> like that's not a necessarily small sample size anymore. No, no, not at all. San Jose State just. I mean, they're not good. You could tell their quarterback situation was not settled the guy they brought i thought the guy they brought in second was better he was going, Aaron, yeah. yeah he was going up against the backups but he he moved the ball well besides love all of their quarterbacks are at least three stars yeah um, love was a walk-on going into last year and then got the start so you know we'll we won't know anything about this team for another like three or four weeks probably you know maybe illinois probably has a couple of guys that can do some things usually like even the lower tier schools end up with like a, a four star kid here and there. Who's yeah. the last good player from Illinois that you remember? Oh boy, Juice Williams. That's the quarterback. Ooh, yeah. How long ago was that? Zucker. He was under Zuck, wasn't yeah, he? I think so. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. It's. <laughs> Let's look this up. <laughs> it's Illinois players in the NFL. Well, that's not a real long list. So I. I didn't see a lot out of – and the thing is, is, like, everybody's melting down after the first quarter, and then everybody's like, oh, it's all fixed in the second quarter. Well, it's not all fixed because you were playing a pretty bad football team. Let's not take away too much here from a 20-point win on the road, even though we did certainly throttle down in terms of personnel and in terms of yeah. trying to go after it in the in late in the game. I mean, if USF wanted to put 55 or 60 up, I think they could have. But let's not take too much away. I mean, that is a bad football team. You could just tell the the athleticism difference between the two was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always look for, you know, in games like this where you're really not sure who's going to be good and who's not, is look at the line of scrimmage. Look who's getting push. You know, that's the fr- if you can concentrate on that, you'll sort of see. And even when in the first quarter. You know, the offensive line wasn't getting a tremendous amount of push, but the defensive line was just doing whatever the hell they wanted. They were just absolutely getting after it. Yeah. And so when that's happening, you you can feel pretty good about your ability to control the game in the long run. So that that I think went well. 
that corner from um, San Jose State. Ch- Cheshire. Yeah. Ch- no, Cheshire. It's Cheshire. Cheshire. Yeah, Excuse that's me. what their PA guy said because we weren't sure. Um, he uh, He's good. He's good. He's legit. Like, he's a legit he lockup corner. Um, uh, but other than that, I didn't see anybody on that field but play. Yeah. <laughs> I believe Tyree McCants now owned his soul. He he pr- he has his soul in his little cupboard. You know, it was so funny. I had just said like a few plays before. Uh, Quentin was in play broke down, and Quentin was in scramble drill. And Tyree had a defender that he could have just cleaned his clock and just missed him. Like he just he looked the wrong way or he ran the wrong way. I was like, wow, Tyree McCants missed a block. I was like, that never happens. And then like four plays later, he pulls off the the double block play of the century mm-hmm. and. Just that kid, man. Give me, you know what? You can pay to watch, you know, fifty-yard touchdowns, or you can pay to watch, you know, a game-breaking running backs. But man, I will pay to watch Tyree McCants block people. Yep, he, absolutely he is special. He's and he takes so much pride in. It. I talked to him last year, uh, just specifically about his blocking. He said, you know, it's it's a point of pride for me and you know the receiving group as a whole that you know. We run a lot of sweeps and pop passes that we need the wide receivers to block. And, you know, if we spring a guy, that's just as good as scoring a touchdown. He showed off again why he took over for Rasheem Bronson last year. I hope that some team gets a look at his um, tape after his senior year yeah. and that that they realize that, I mean, in the NFL, like that's a skill that teams are really going to need. and. I know he's not like a super game breaker speed guy or whatever, but like you can't put him in the slot and just like run stuff behind him and have him block down fields for somebody. Five eleven, two thirty five, just crushes people. Monster. Yeah, and, li- it, and if it comes down to special teams, he's in. Like yep. you know, if you're a borderline guy and you need to play special teams in the NFL, he's a he's a guy who's going to on special teams. He's going to be a monster. Absolutely. So you have my book. Hold on. So. As we were just saying here, don't trust the stats from the game yet because they're not right. No, man. Um, they're the sta- brutal. San Jose State, like, I worked at a, a FCS school, Delaware State, which is in the MEAC, which is the lowest tier FCS conference. And I would say that we were probably a better um, game presentation, everything, professional organization than I saw at San Jose State. Just, like... I'm like, how is this school in the middle of Silicon Valley, like with all of this money around? It, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the beautiful city. Clearly, there's some money there, not just among the community, but with the student body. Like, it's a it's a wealthy area, and just nothing. Like, you know, you would have the PA guy, the band, and the DJ because they have like a live DJ in the student section. Okay, and you would hear all three of them at the same time. Yeah, you know, the referees might like never, never worked at all. And in the first quarter, we were like, "Well, are they going to fix that?" And then like we could just sort of tell by the chaos going on around us and like everything else that we saw, we're like they're never fixing that the entire they, game. They either don't know how, fix. or they're just this is the best we. You're lucky it even turned on. You're lucky it even turned on, and just like wow, I, I was not impressed. Um, the new turf is nice, but otherwise. Uh, you know Mark Carlin worked there for two years? Yeah. And he said that he w- the rest – he said to me the rest of the facilities are in a lot better shape. They need to get the football stadium redone. Um, but the rest of the facilities that we didn't get to see were on – I took a walk around campus before my plane um, – before my Uber came to pick me up for my flight. I just wanted to see where it was. 
and uh like pretty plain like nothing yep. nothing special yeah you would think like it's this beautiful area everything around like you look to one side and there's like these gorgeous mountains that overlook the, the beach and then the other side there's these other gorgeous mountains that like you know and you're sort of like right in the middle in this valley and you go wow this is really pretty and all you know you got apple like five miles away my hotel is across from adobe like adobe software like my hotel is across the street from their headquarters it's like 10 stories tall and beautiful and blah 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 blah, blah. but nothing nothing so yeah that's rough football wise so stars standouts on offense scantling nine targets six catches 91 91 and against a good corner yeah and matched up on that guy most of the day. Good I thought to... I thought his on the second drive of the game when he got interfered with, they he they held down his arm and the ball like bounced off his chest and he couldn't catch it because literally his arm was being mm-hmm. held down as it bounced off his chest. That's pi. It's got to get called. But that was a touchdown too. You yeah. know, I mean, if he catches that, he's gone. He's just he's such a weapon. And then to see how USF played it with him getting six balls, Darnell gets two, and then everybody else only gets one. That's how they're gonna do it all year. That's fine. So you mm-hmm. get a primary target, you hit, and then as soon as you double that guy, we're going to go to whoever's open. Yep. You know, I've seen it in spring, saw it in fall practice. It's going to be run, 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 deep shot. Run, yeah. run, run, deep shot. And that's what's going to happen. And they didn't use Wilcox and Dylan much. I mean, Wilcox had two huge drops. One early on, which compounding the first quarter wasn't great for him. Uh, and then later on in the game when it didn't really matter he had another drop but i didn't really see dylan much uh in the game which was kind of surprising it looks like wilcox is the clear number one tight end option dylan's biggest play was when they kicked off after a penalty they got a penalty and they were backed up and so they kicked off short and dylan made a fair catch on like mm-hmm. the 20 that was yep. that, that was, that was his biggest highlight. contribution wilcox co- dropped a couple chris bark dropped a couple and yep. as i i wrote about this too which is you're dropping passes in this offense, man. They got nine Next guys behind you. Woo! Next man up. You're gonna be, and especially now with D'Angelo Antoine being it, at practice it, today, yeah. maybe Chris Barr might be getting a run for if if this keeps happening, he could be getting a run yeah, for his the, starting the, spot. The coaches have now seen live and in person what Tyree can do. So right. that's another guy. He was listed third on the depth chart at slot, and he's gonna creep his way back into the starting lineup absolutely sooner and, than later uh joey mentioned that they do that hustle tape and he was the number one guy on that hustle tape in his piece today so that'll be interesting to see defensively yep. you know losing sonat early and by the way easiest call out over the press like there were people in the press line are they gonna call target oh yeah yeah <laughs> that was oh yeah <laughs> that was interesting to see it, you know it happens after they they, they go up 16 nothing i think it was all in the second touchdown correct mm-hmm. and so they're up 16 nothing and a little doubt starts creeping in my mind. I'm like, all right, so they're without Bronson. Kevin yeah. Bronson mm-hmm. didn't dress. Now they're without clearly their best defensive tackle. Right. Oh. Uh-oh. Shit. Uh-oh. And, and <laughs> you know, credit to Kelvin Pinckney, the freshman. Played great. He had a very good game for a true freshman. Um, so good for him to get some run. He blocked an extra point. And he's definitely going to get some run in the, you know, the rotation. I didn't see Marlon Gonzalez do much, but he got in. Watch out for Pinckney. He's going to be a player in the next three to four years. That was really impressive for him. I mean, because he's flying out to that game going, all right, I might get a few snaps, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be a big part of what they're doing today, most likely. And then all of a sudden, you're out there most of the snaps. And I think he did a – he was fantastic. Yes. And, you know, to step into that spot. And, by the way, true freshman. 
You know, like that's the thing. This is not a kid who's been hanging around campus for a year or whatever, mm-hmm. and like kind of knows the system. True freshman, True freshman. To go out there and do that. He that's had really prom impressive. like five months ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> I wrote on Twitter. He might not even know where all his classes are on campus. Yet. Yeah, and yeah, so that's where he is. The biggest concern, actually, I saw, and he had good numbers. Uh, Dietrich Nichols had uh, six tackles and two pass breakups, mm-hmm. but also in some spots looked like. You know, one of those, well, I'm running this way, oh, I'm running the other way. You know, just not maybe matching up and still learning the position a little bit, mm-hmm. which totally makes sense considering where yep. he's been and, and the fact that they've switched him he, over to he that. He said that he had been trying to convince the coaches since spring to put him at nickel. And, you know, it doesn't, the coaches aren't willing to do that if there's not another outside corner to step right. in his spot. And Mozzie Wilkins, he had, a, he had another good game. And, you know, behind him, Mike Hampton had a great game. He had a tip pass that I think Nico or Devin picked off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was he was all over the field. He had a few pass deflections as well. So, the depth behind Nichols and Ronnie Hoggins at corner, great. Uh, we're we're going to be set for a while. So, the Mazzie Wilkins play, it, it didn't show up on TV, um, but we could see it live. Mazzie so pulled his jersey on the pick. Like, it was, like, f- literally this <laughs> far away from – you can't see it. I mean, I'm pulling, like – he, he got two hands full of jersey, at least one handful of jersey, and the jersey's, like, flying off the back of the guy because he just got behind him. And he just pulled no call, so I didn't see it. Then the ball goes in the air, and he tips it, and he makes the play, and he gets so great ball skills by him, but he was beat and you, and just totally pulled the jersey to get back in position worth and it. no call. No, oh, absolutely even if, worth it. Even if he gets called, it's still worth it. Yeah, it didn't make it didn't make the TV tape, but um, it'll be on the 11, on 11 film, and uh, good work by him. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't call it. It's not a penalty, I guess. But he looks good. He looks like a player. Yep. And finally coming to his own. I think he's a junior now, so we'll get him for another year. Yeah. So I was impressed. And then coming in, who was? You've got the book. I don't even know the kid's name yet. The running back who comes in when Keen comes in, who none of us had heard of. David. David Davian Sutton. Sutton. Davian Sutton comes in, and we all go, "Who's Davian Sutton?" <laughs> well, I'll tell you who. He is. He actually had a pretty good spring. Yeah, I think he's a, a 98% sure he's a walk-on. But he had a good spring. He had, I, I distinctly remember seeing, oh, who is that? And I get told Davian Sutton. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he's going to be something. And, you know, Elijah Mack didn't make the trip. Right. Which is interesting. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I don't know if, if it was just a numbers game for special teams because I believe Sutton played on special teams as well. I think Trevon Sands has – the number three spot locked up. Yeah. And he only got two carries, and then they brought in Sutton, so I don't know. Maybe did he miss miss an assignment, and they just switched him out. We'll see where that goes. And then true freshman Duran Bell had a really good fall camp before he got hurt. He probably would have made the trip if he didn't get hurt. So when he gets back healthy, we'll see You know how that is three through five shake out. If, run, if running back wasn't um – such a deep position, but you've got some guys in there that are redshirt eligible. Remember, you can play this week, you can play last week, you can play this week, mm-hmm. and then after that, the redshirt areas start to cut off. So you can sort of play, and then as long as you don't play the rest of the season, you can still be eligible for a redshirt. So maybe that might happen. They might still downshift a guy and not play him the rest. Of, maybe one of those guys gets factored out and ends up yeah. you know, getting an extra year eligibility. So we'll see how they they do that. Temi Alaka, we weren't sure. He didn't make the depth chart that we got 10 days ago. Goes a lot out. of things on the depth chart. A lot right of things on that depth chart. Were we'll, we'll get to that. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to the press conference. But uh, he doesn't even make the depth chart and then goes out there and makes a 49-yard catch for a touchdown. And then Rice lost, what, 62-7? to 
something like that. Yeah, Stanford put Stanford put, put a hurting on him in uh, Australia. So good job by him on the transfer. I think he'll probably win a few more games here this year than he would have at Rice. Yep. But yeah. So um, we should talk about today's press conference. <laughs> okay. So Nate, you go to. There's no scrum with the coaches on uh, on, t- on press two, conference days. Right? Correct. It's just one player from the offense and defense, and then Charlie. Okay, and so the player so was MVS for the MVS uh, for the offense and Dietrich for the defense. Okay, and then Charlie after they say anything. Did the player say anything interesting? Uh, MVS doesn't know where Stony Brook is. I had to look it up. I figured it was in New York, yeah. but who knows? He said Pennsylvania, close enough. Yeah, same. But he thinks you know everyone in the wide receiver group is good blockers. So I asked him, "Is Tyree the best blocker in the group?" And he said, "Well, well we're all pretty good." Yeah, I think. He, I mean, he's a good blocker too. He's, he, uh, he's, he's a real also good very good blocker. I remember. Yeah. I think it was the Townsend game that sprung uh, Darius Tice. Yeah, uh, on that on that screen pass, he, he was downfield blocking as well. So I mean, it's it was definitely a point of emphasis last year, and I think it's carried over more so this year. Nothing real special. I think the big nugget was Dietrich wanting to be the nickelback because uh, uh, our friend Joey Knight brought up that uh, Jamie Bird didn't want to become the striker in 2015. He was very apprehensive about moving there and he had to be convinced and joey asked him where you had did you have to be convinced he said no i i asked him to be that because i can be close to the ball i can do more things i can be more aggressive and still cover be one of the top cover guys on the team and it's true i love when he blitz i think 2015 he had like eight tackles for loss or something like that i would like to see him get back to that jamie uh I hope that striker position didn't work work against Jamie and not being able to get into an NFL camp because I I thought that kid just somebody needed to give him a shot so um, that was a shame I'm still still not over that yeah like, I, I just wanted to see a kid like that who you know worked real hard to get a chance at the NFL so um, hopefully that won't hurt Dietrich as uh, the, but he's got our, enough co- cover corner tape already where I think he'll be fine mm-hmm. so offensive line has been a question mark interesting. Very, very interesting. interesting. So Cam Ruff is on the Remington Award watch list for the nation's best center. Mm-hmm. Uh, he so naturally. Uh, so naturally he hasn't played center yet. Um, nope. He has, uh, did he snap a ball once? No. I don't think he did. He was played right, right guard day, right? the entire day. Yeah, I had him as number two at one point, and I thought I had him as the wrong number, so I screwed up. Like I, I kept thinking he was off the field. No, he was, he was – or he was on the field, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Was terrible. So backup center. Michael Lotti gets a start at center, and Cam Ruff moves to right guard. Not once during spring and fall practice did I ever see that first-team offensive line aligned like that. And they played that super close to the vest. I mean, they shut down practice a week and a half ago, so we, were, we weren't able to see red zone offense or anything like that. But the parts we did see, I mean, the open practice for the fans, it was Mays, Jeremy Hall, mm-hmm. Cam Ruff, mm-hmm. I think it was Michael Michael Wiggs hadn't gotten hurt yet, mm-hmm. and then at right tackle Marcus Norman. So where they got that alignment from, I'll I'll never know. And I asked Charlie. I said, "Is Michael Wiggs going to be ready uh, for this week?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Are you just going to slot him back in the starting lineup?" And he you know said something curious. He said, "Well, he's never going to start." What? Huh? I believe on Saturday he said, "Well, the reason we had to switch up the lineup is because Wiggs got hurt." So, what we're saying is, is that Charlie Strong is playing the same games in terms of starting lineup in the media. I mean, this is Harbaugh-esque at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, and this isn't the only thing that they've sort of messed around with us on. But you know what? 
More power to you. Being playing nice with the media and all that kind of stuff, that doesn't win football games. You know, mm-hmm. like we just sort of have to accept that. You know, these are the things that are going to happen. It seems like everywhere in college football, for FSU shut down practice for the season today or yesterday. No open practices for media all season. I guess this is where college football is going. I just it, it doesn't make any sense because the NFL, the height of secrecy in game planning, yes, opened up basically every training camp session, especially the Bucks. They opened up nearly every training camp session to the public. Mm-hmm. Why are college coaches so paranoid? They're lunatics. There is a culture in the sport that is just crazy sauce. Yeah, and it doesn't pervade in basketball. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I think pretty much every coach that we've had basketball here, Jose included, one of the women, mm-hmm. like if I say, hey, I'm, can I come to practice or whatever? Yeah, sure. Come on. Come look. We'd love to have you. And I could probably take just as much away from, a, if not more, from a basketball practice because, you know, I can see, wow, you're, you know, working on like some sort of funky zone or you're like, you know, you've got some sort of quick inbounds play that I would be able to, to recognize or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet for football, they just, they're just crazy about it. And I guess you've seen all the stuff about Harbaugh and not issuing. They had to FOIA. Somebody had to FOIA uh, like a list of the players on scholarship. And then he even got that knocked down and all this kind of stuff. Like it's insanity. That's it's like, I don't understand why, but they're all going to do it. It's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. And then it puts us in a tough spot because we're, you know. We're, we're telling people what we're seeing, and then it's completely different, and we look like idiots. Right. Like, what are you guys even talking about? Yeah. What are you guys talking about? Cam Ref's going to be the center. He's starting right guard. He's on the Remington watch list as the nation's best center. Nope, we're going to put him at right guard, guys. So who knows? Eric Mays didn't look bad at left tackle. I he did get smoked once. He got smoked like just let the defender cross his face. Yeah, without putting a hand on him, and it stuffed one of the drives in the first quarter. But other than that, I don't remember saying, oh, "Mate, why is he in there?" Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. It was like it's good that that was the one time where we noticed. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe he should still be defense. <laughs> maybe he should still be on that side of the ball. But good for him. Thought it was interesting, you know. Brooks uh, Larkin was the listed in our death chart as the starting right guard. He came in as the backup center when the twos came in. <laughs> so I didn't even know. So who knows? I, who <laughs> knows just, anymore? They're just What's making it happen. He, what we see on these papers, all these little preview papers and all this stuff we get, it's all crap. They they can change their minds whenever the heck they want to. Timmy Lockett could be the number one wide receiver on this team for all yeah, the hell we know. Stan- oh, yeah. Stanley. He didn't even make the damn thing. Stanley Clairvaux yeah. didn't come in until the twos came in. Yeah. And he was listed, listed as start. the number one as so number one wide receiver. It, like, what we're saying is don't put too much stock into it. I will say that I nailed the starting 11 for defense on yes. our last pod. Yes, nailed you did. it to AT. So, so, congratulations. So, you know, good for me. Well done. Um, Greg Reeves, he could have had his moment and just oh. had the ball down to himself. Oh, and, that hurt. That oh. hurt so bad. Goodness. I wanted that so Man. bad for that kid. He is such a good kid, too. Oh. Uh, just heartbreaking to see him just you know, drop that. Augie had one that, like, man, yeah. Augie, you had that. And he could have painted. And he could have taken that. It surprised too. me. He only had four tackles on Saturday. Yeah. That, you know, Ronnie Nico, Hawkins had eight. He how many did Nico have? Nico had like six, I think. He was like we had a bunch of guys with six. I think he might have been one of them. Nico had six. Pinkney had six, 
two unassisted, four assisted. Jamon Thomas had six. Diedrich had uh, six. And then Hector, Ferguson, and Polk had five apiece. 23 players got a tackle. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. So you got some guys a chance to get on the field and yep. hit somebody else. That's always that's fun. And th- that's assuming those tackle stats are right, which yeah. honestly I, I really am not sure about. So we had 12 not. pass breakups. That's pretty good. Yeah. And they weren't – let's not take too much away from that, though, because San Jose wasn't exactly getting the ball out quick. Yeah. So uh, what do we know about Stony Brook? They're a football team. They are a football team that we played in 2010. Correct. Now, here's something funny. Okay. So I was looking up the score of that 2010 game, mm-hmm. and there is some debate about what the final score was. Oh? I believe ESPN had it, 52-10. Okay. USF has it, 41-10. And then I saw somewhere else where it was fifty nine fourteen. That's crazy. And I tried to go through the play by play on ESPN and I, I couldn't follow it. There if it was fifty nine, there's a touchdown missing on the, the scoring plays. Wow. So I know we won and we won big, but what the final score was is questionable. That's so crazy. Uh I've never seen that before. Where like it's that three like, different three different sources, none are right. Huh. Son of a gun. Stony Brook, I think, most famous for having uh, their men's soccer coach, Ryan Anatol, USF grad, assistant under George Kiefer for a long time. He's been up there. This is his sixth season there, seventh season there as the assistant coach. But otherwise, I know nothing about Stony Brook. They weren't. They were five and six last year in a good conference, and, and I think they're like the best conference in FCS. Is that right? That was at the CAA. Yeah, I think so. And they were ranked at one point last year. They were ranked uh, 20th. They beat then number two Richmond Spiders mm-hmm. uh, in the second week of the season. So there's some talent there. Picked to finish eighth in the CAA this year, according to Mr. Knight. He's got it as a 59-14 loss to USF in 2010. The There's roster features seven players from Florida, but none are from the Bay Area. Uh, wow, that's interesting because the notes. The game notes we got from USF say 40-7. to seven. So nobody knows what the damn score of the game Who was. No, did everyone just go? That's home? like the last five minutes of the C dot game in two thousand seven. It's just gone. No one knows. Oh, sixty four twelve. Believe me, I remember. No, the the video's just missing. Oh, the video's it, missing. It's just like the Nixon. Oh, tape. right. They're just gone. A- Anthony Severino's <laughs> touchdown on. on we know what happened. You know what happened. I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there is no visual evidence. Um, their quarterback is bad. Bad? Oh, bad. bad. Real um, bad? He started, I think, 10 games last year, threw three touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That well, that's bad. not very good. <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. So. Uh, so this should be another one that USF should roll. A lot of guys should get some time. Mm. What do you think the crowd's going to be? Crowd number. Hmm. Keep in mind that it is sorority rush. Yeah. And that a lot of them will not be there. And it's going to be so hot because it's 4 o'clock. That's brutal. Um, 22. I hope you're right. Are we talking actual or announced? I'll go actual. Like, yeah, actual. Announced, probably like 35. Okay. I, I'm i tending to agree with you there. I, 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 I might even take the under on 22. I just... Yeah, I do not feel confident at 22. Crap opponent. Crap time of day. Good other games on. Michigan, Florida, yeah, um, Bama's what's, what's seven thirty. So you'll be home by the time your your actual favorite team plays. 
whichever one it is, <laughs> you'll be home for it. Yeah. So I I hope so. I hope there's a lot of people there. I think this team deserves the f- support. It would be nice to have the number 19 team in the country uh, have a decent home crowd. Yep. That wouldn't suck, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in, in the USF fans for this one. Uh, just one more player I want to shout out before we get to your Twitter questions. Mm. Darius Tice. Yes. Got a second life when he got the medical red shirt, and he showed off. He yeah. had such a good game. He ran with purpose when you know, things weren't going right. I think he had a. they switched things up uh, with the earners. He was getting stuffed early in the first quarter. They came in with Tice, and he actually busted off you know 12-yard runs which kind of sparked the offense a little bit. Uh, it was really good to see him run. And from my interaction with him, he's also another one of those good guys who, you know, he thanks God every day that he got another shot because he knows – he he said he knows he could be doing something else right now. Right. He may have not got may have not gotten that red shirt. And, you know, he, he's just so lucky. And getting his, got his degree too. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, what, 18 guys have their degree already? This, yeah. So good for them. So I got a question for you. You worked for the school. Mm-hmm. So the guys get their degrees. How many credit hours do they have to have to be, like, to stay on? Oh, to keep playing. Okay, so if you, once you graduate, so it's the, there's this weird glitch. And I don't know if this is still is the case. So, like, you could line it up. So let's say it's 120 to graduate in your major. Mm-hmm. You could line it up so you would take 117 classes and then, like, your senior year or your your redshirt junior year, the that one semester that you're actually going to graduate, you would only have to take three because it's okay. just to complete your degree. So, like, you can take 117 and then, like, take I, – I think Matt Leinart famously took ballroom dancing. It was uh, Christian Ponder, I think. Yeah, like somebody took, yeah. like, something like that's that. Who I, that's who I was thinking about. Like, so you only have to take one class but to graduate. But then once you do walk, you have to either – pursue a second major as 12 hours okay or pursue a grad degree but a grad degree you only have to take six so i have to take two classes towards a grad degree from what i remember because like normal full-time for a grad degree is nine but you only have to take six okay so that's what the rule was when i was there i don't know if it's changed but it does make it so that like once you've actually walked do you have more time to like go practice and do things yes because you could be pursuing a second major in golf or tennis. Most of the kids, though, that do go, they actually do start working towards a grad degree. Mm-hmm. And six hours of grad school, like, you know, that's probably equivalent to, equivalent to like, nine hours of undergrad. Yeah. And, but that's sure. still a lot easier than mm-hmm. taking 12. So, but that was the rule. I don't I don't know what that is. One last thing before we get to the questions. I did notice, too, like, I haven't gone back and watched the tape yet. I will hopefully do that tomorrow. I got a lot to do today. Yeah. But hopefully tomorrow I'll start going back and watching tape. It seemed like USF ran a lot of inside, inside zone, but when they needed to get a yard, when they needed to get the ball in the end zone, when it's like third and one from the one or like fourth fourth and one, they'd go to outside zone. So it's just like sort of pounded in, pounded in, pounded in, and then like, oh, we need to – all right, we really need to get yards here. Mm-hmm. Let's run outside zone. No screens. No trick plays. Nothing that, like, you haven't seen in, like, basic offensive concepts before. Yeah. And I I didn't see anything that was, like, too out of the ordinary. I would assume that there are more plays than we saw. Yep. There are going to be a lot more plays than we saw. So just know that, like, you're not going to see any of them this week either. And you may not even see any of them against Illinois. It might be that Tulsa-Memphis Yeah, they'll stretch. probably see them for conference play. And yeah. 
not UConn conference play, but casual conference play. Like real, real conference play. So yeah. it could be a while till we see USF really break mm-hmm. up. All right, rapid fire questions. Rapid Let's fire do. questions. We're doing rapid fire. All right. Because uh, I got to go to work. Nate's got to go to work, and I have a million things to do. All right. This is from Cam underscore Weed. That's legit his last name. It's Cam Weed. Biggest concerns after the first game. Have you ever asked a question on Weed? Um, biggest concern. Not really worried about special teams. I should be, but I'm not because I feel like that gets cleaned up quick. Mm-hmm. They have the right coaching staff to like not deal with it. This this staff takes no crap. They just have Absolutely zero not. tolerance for crap. So, not worry about that. Offensive line. Yeah, uh, the lack of depth. Lack of depth su- surprised me there. Yeah, lack of depth at all. When if you're moving your center to right guard because you don't trust your backup center. Or you don't trust your backup right guard or whatever. Like yeah, that's yeah, questionable. Right. So uh, yeah, a line biggest yep. concern. Uh, this is from Brian Rothenberger mm-hmm. at B underscore Rothy. The teams are incomparable, but did you uh, the first quarter against San Jose State remind you of the second quarter versus McNeese State? No, um, second quarter McNeese State. I was. I wasn't worried yet. Third quarter, I got. I was like, "Oh God, we're not going to come back." And then fourth quarter was just horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I was, I was legitimately never worried. And yeah. I, I just, I know that sounds like the the d bag thing to say and be like, "Oh," I legitimately was never worried because mm-hmm. you could just tell there was. It's just like the offense wasn't clicking yet, and they're not going to play like that for sixty minutes. You're not going to get a, no chance that yeah, that every happens. three punts, not one's not going to get blocked. Right, like, and special teams was horrible. That yep. you know that wasn't gonna. That's not sustainable. Defense was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't. I was legitimately never worried. So no, I, it it wasn't. It wasn't good. I was thinking, well, the cover's in jeopardy here, and it turned yep. out the cover was. Oh, we did not get the cover. Hey, one of my friends, he was he was not happy. Yeah, I told him. I said, nah, I think there's gonna be a backdoor cover on this, and, and we didn't did get over the hump. We did get yep. it. We did get over, and uh, he just he didn't. He didn't take my advice. At last well, touchdown. I, well, I trust the guy who covers the team. Am I right? Exactly. Uh, this is from Joe Brennan at Joe B. The Bull. Why not just ask Tice or Fullwood to switch to another jersey number so there's no need for a second jersey? Good. Isn't number five available? Good no. question. You know what? I like it. What? Why not? Both guys get to keep the number that they want. And it's what? Five maybe 10 times a game that that has to happen yes who cares i care oh grow up i i just i look i think it's stupid look there's a hundred no, there's 105 guys you travel 65 okay that's your travel roster if you've got 105 guys on the team you're never gonna have 100 play just give everybody an, you know what it's a number just keep it simple stupid just give them all a number yeah, I, look i like it if the if the coaches are fine with it and the assistants are fine with it fine i don't care but like I think it's stupid. It's pain in the ass for people watching at home. It's pain in the ass for the stack crew. I did. It's pain in the ass for everybody else. Just wear a different number. I kid. did have to ask who the heck was number thirty-two. Right. I asked. I asked USSSID Brian. Uh, he was like, "Who?" I texted him, "Who is that?" He was like, "Darius Tice switched jerseys for the kickoff." Yeah, I was I, like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." I tweeted it out. Were you not following me on Twitter? No, I don't. Why would I follow you on Twitter? Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> uh, so. You know who cares? It happens ten times a game. It's it's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, second part of the question: Why isn't five available? Five will never be touched again. 
I thought Legit. eight was untouchable, yeah. but five is definitely untouchable. Yeah. At least for like two or three years. No one's touching five. I agree. All right. Next question. This is from Kelly at Kill Cra Kelly. Okay. Hi, Kelly. Other than winning, what do you think are the main goals for Charlie Strong and the rest of the coaching staff in game two? Clean up special teams. Yeah. Clean up special teams. Uh, They're going to work on that. And see if you can find some depth at offensive line. Yep. Um, Wick should be – we'll be back, so that should help. Yeah. But, you know, but behind the, the top five, it's questionable. And, you know, it makes me concerned that Grant Polk, the Virginia transfer, couldn't beat out Eric Mays. Yeah. That – what? why? Why is – he not starting. He has the build. He's like six seven, three hundred plus pounds. Maybe he's not good. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he was a high. I think he was a high three star coming over. So that I think that's it. Finding depth at O line and special teams, Agreed. and I think it'll get cleaned up. Me too. Next question. Not sure about the offensive line. I think the special teams yes. get cleaned up. What's your opinion of the offensive play calling compared to last year's play calling? Look, man, it's reads. Like, everybody's like, what's the play calling, blah, 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 blah. They ran 101 plays, 74 runs. Why are we running the ball so much? Well, it's what they're giving you. Yep. You know, there's every play. It's not like, I, I've said this before, like, you're going out there, you've got two calls, okay? If the defense shows X, you do Y, okay? If the defense shows Y, you do X. Like, it's very, you know, mm-hmm. if they drop a safety down into the box, you throw the ball. If they keep those safeties high, you run a you run a zone read or – you know, and it depends on you know what that you know that defensive end that's crashing in. If the defensive end crashes in and he comes after the guy who's supposed to take the handoff, then Quentin loops it around and goes behind him. If not, then they run it the other way. Like it's you're taking what the defense gives you, yep. and so what the defense was giving USF was run the football, and so they did for 300 yards. I think you know again overreaction by the the fans. I think it, yeah, I think it's, it's a win. It's a win. It's a it's a bit of an overreaction. And look, they're not going to open up the playbook yet. No, nor should they. Um, that question was from William Palmer at South Florida fan. Mm-hmm. All right, this is from uh, David Silverstone. Last question at D Silverstone twenty nine. Do you think part of the problem of the first quarter was getting used to the weird rubber pellets? Very turf. Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think just rhythm was the bigger part of it. But yeah, I yep. think that turf was that turf was really weird. And yeah, I think that definitely could have been. I mean, it was, it was just so it was weird. Like I've been yep. on turf fields like that before, and it just I had never been on one that where it was that hot. I had flip flops on, obviously, because I thought I was sitting outside, and it turned out I and did end up in the press box for the game. But I thought I was sitting outside, so I wore shorts and, and flip flops, and I could feel the heat on my feet. And even guys that were like wearing shoes with socks were like, "Yeah, it's really hot under my yeah. feet." So could have been part absolutely. Of it. Um, that is it for us. Oh, we're done on this pod. Yeah, Woo-hoo! we're done. We are done. Be sure to download and subscribe to our podcast. It's the unnamed USF podcast. Tell your friends. Leave us on a comment. iTunes oh, and leave us uh, a comment. Five on stars on iTunes. Five stars on iTunes. That leave is a review. Really huge for us. Actually, we didn't realize how big that is. Yep. So not only listen to this podcast, review this podcast, and say how fabulous and wonderful we are. But if you don't think we're good, don't say anything. Right. If you think we suck, just ignore us. Let us go. But still download. I'll but still eat. download. Just don't review us. Yeah, ESPN's fantasy expert Matthew Barry always says, don't listen, just download. Yeah. Well, actually, do hit play because now there's some things that like they can actually read the number of plays. Okay. So actually, at least hit play on it too. Download, hit play. We appreciate that. Good yeah. looking out. Um, follow Colin at USF Colin. 
Follow me at Bulls Nathan SBN and follow the Daily Stampede at Stampede SBN. And we are out. Go Bulls. He's out of